Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. <laughs> I'm Courtney. We talk about the <laughs> do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning, as yes, you all know. Yes, we do. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about using the moment in Use education. The Use this moment. Uh, we're also going to yeah. talk a little bit about reporting. I think I want to talk about a little bit about progress reports at the end of this one. Just, oh, okay. Just sure. some random thoughts, but... Uh, you had some conversations with people this week about uh, using this moment with some of your colleagues in Maine. I did. Yeah, and we there and um, a nice little article blog post by Kelly Young came out um, the end of September on the 28th saying we must use this moment to transform public education. And um, yes, <laughs> we must. <laughs> use this moment which is you know yeah use this moment so out of necessity there's been a lot of innovation and that's you know where innovation tends to come from but kind of what what was the 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 trends or you know the the musings of the of my uh curriculum loving colleagues that i was talking to this week was that um it feels like the innovation train has slowed down. Really? Yeah. And that kind of there people, not everyone, but more people than not expressing the feeling that um, people are just going back to what they knew. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is all the first time I'm hearing this. So yeah. here, my response to that is, uh, or question back to you actually, and you might be going this way. Do you think people are just a little tired at this point, knowing that the hybrid remote yeah. is not going away anytime soon, especially as we head into uh, the colder months for much of the country? Yeah. And that we're gonna we're gonna be doing this till probably March, April, May, maybe most likely maybe the rest rest like of the year. year. And yeah, people are just like going yes. back to what they know, right? Yes. Well, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of that goes into it and yes, mostly it's stress. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you're stressed and when you're kind of outside of your, you know, zone of capacity or whatever, that's a new term. I just coined it. I like I it. Um, <laughs> it is super easy to just default back. Right. Yeah. And it might even be defaulting back like decades as far as instructional practices go. Yeah. Um, and yes. And so like, I don't want to fault people for that at all. Um, but it's, it's sad. It's sad. And so here like the, so then what ended up happening is, you know, it was kind of like then turning into a little bit of a, of a gripe session. And I ended up really pushing people because some of the things, so here's kind of one of the things that came out of this. Like first there was this like bemoaning at the loss of innovation or the slowing down of innovation and yep. the loss of innovation. And then also frustration around how um, quote unquote, things aren't going as well as they would have liked, right? And how okay. in, one, in one particular person shared that in the district they work in, 
the high schoolers, the kids have um, started to just go get jobs during the school day, right? And like get part-time work instead of just working in the evenings, working during the school day because they're in hybrid or distance mode. And they're not as occupied with their time as they would be if they had to be physically in school. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. Isn't, that's that's kind of cool. Very it's well, that was my reaction. Yeah. So I ended up really pushing the group, and like I knew they were tired. Like just like all the teachers, like yeah. the curriculum leaders, they were tired. This group of people, they're tired. They're stressed. They also want to default back to what yeah. what's easy, and you know what. Um, I, and it's fair. And so, first, I asked them. I said to them. Um, I flat out recognized, honors, honored their stress. I said, I know you you all are stressed and tired and really busy and have a lot on your mind. Do you think you have the capacity to engage in a discussion that will push you and will ask you, and I will ask you to step out of the current reality and do some bigger thinking? And I got, I said, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. And most people put their thumbs up. A couple people put their hands to the thumbs to the side. So, hmm. um, so I'm going to do the step back I did with that group. I said, okay, I want you all to just pause and just notice what I did. Right. So that's a coaching strategy. That's a trauma informed strategy. That's a like social emotional learning strategy for working with adults. Flat out ask them, you know, like, if you feel like there's a moment to push someone, ask them if it's okay to push them. Mostly they're gonna say yes. And then it primes their brain, primes them to be in the spot, to be ready to actually be pushed and yep. engage productively with that push. I like right? that. Yep, that makes, yes. that makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, right. And like I used to do this all the time as a coach, if someone would kind of get into a negative spot with me or say things and I would hear things coming from them that I know are untrue and that they probably know are untrue too, but they're just stuck in a negative moment. I would yep. say, Hey, um, I'm going to push back on you right now. Is that okay? You know, like, and usually everyone's like, okay, you know, it's just like that giving them the moment to, to like get ready. Right. For some yep. push Perhaps rather some than just pushing back. Yep. Yeah. You've seen me do it. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Anyway. So then what I said was, that one of the one of the philosophical underpinnings, the tenets of uh, learner-centered practices is anywhere, anytime learning. Mm-hmm. And so, if you believe in that, what's the problem with a high schooler getting a job during the day because they've finished and shown evidence of the learning they're being expected to do? You know, and then we just, so we went from there and we went into a bigger conversation about, and then, you know, we kind of did a like, does anyone here disagree with that statement, right? That learning can happen anywhere, anytime, and that time is not the constant or, or you know, seat time is not, um, right, right. I, I, my words are not working. Exactly. Minute, I think, but, I think, I think you made your point there. So, yeah. So what, um, what did people say about that one? Did, was there agreement yeah. or? Well, everyone agreed that that's true, that learning okay. can happen anywhere at any time. Okay. Um, 
but and I then knew I there I knew there was a butt coming. There was a butt. Well, the butt was that a couple people had a really hard time stepping out of their current circumstance. Yeah. Yep. Right. And fair. and which always happens. Yep. Fair. Yeah. Dra dragged it right back to the like. Well, these are all the obstacles right now. Blah 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 that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but enough people understood what I was trying to do that they like rescued the conversation, which nice. was amazing. That's good. <laughs> like, and kind of brought it back to the like, okay, so, you know, and in a positive way, thinking about how do we seize this moment to move closer to that? Because now is the time to move closer to that. Mm -hmm. It's distance learning is not and should not look the same as in class in person learning coming to a school yeah, exactly it just for so many reasons yeah it, well um, it, it just can't right it just can't and if we try to replicate it which i know some people are trying can't. to replicate it it's just yeah. like it's it doesn't work for anybody people are trying to do yeah. yeah no and that's partially where a lot of this stress and burnout is coming from but that's a whole other aside but yep. so like the conversation went in so many different places and it was really fantastic. And even kind of going through the like, well, you know, um, great. So a kid is at a job during the school hours. What are they learning from that job? And how can that be used as evidence towards learning for their standards? Because, you know, they are. And then, you know, started talking about like, right, well, what are the conversations we have to have with people? Because, you know, yes, there's the group of people who are never going to see this kind of flexible learning as valid, right? Because they have yep. their eyes set on Ivy League and they're convinced the Ivy League won't see that as valid learning. <laughs> Fine. Do you have a microcosm in your school where you can, or your district where you can start playing with some of this? Is it alternative ed? Is it maybe a pod that you create that can start playing with this? Who can you bring business? Do we need to bring business leaders who have students working for them right now into one of our meetings or into, you know, the school community to talk about the value they get and what they can say the, the learners are learning. So it just, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was, this is the time that these things are happening that we have talked about as being pieces of personalized learning or learner center practices. Mm -hmm. These things are happening now because they have to or because there's space for them to happen. And that's where the energy is going. So um, we need to use it and we need to figure out a way to reserve some energy, right? And some passion and some focus to jump on those things and start using them to our advantage when they happen rather than fighting against them yeah. because it's what it's it's against what we've always done yeah it's it's different i'm not sure against i think i would say Fair. different slash scary for everyone at that point right because yeah. none of what is happening right now is really anything that the overwhelming majority of our teachers and administrators were ever trained for or have exactly. any any practice for so this is all new for them. So I totally, I totally get where they're coming from, but it, you're right. It doesn't excuse the fact that we need to be able to be flexible right, right. now with the kids, which kind of yeah. gets into like a little bit of the reporting that I want to talk about because it's about reporting period time yeah. uh, for most. And I sense that a lot of reporting 
options for schools and districts are trying to replicate a reporting system that they've always done in the past. Yep. Knowing that, well, kids are just home, but we still need to show progress of where they are. And therefore, reports a lot of times are what, what kids are not doing. Yes. And this is the exact opposite of, of those times because kids aren't doing a lot of stuff because they're at home. They're doing stuff on a kitchen table or mm -hmm. uh, in on a bed or, you know, on a floor. Right. That's where they're learning these days with no adult support a lot of times. Definitely yeah. no teacher support other than through a screen. Right. It's very different. So why don't we do our reporting a little bit differently? And, mm -hmm. and what if we change all the reports to be all the positive things that we've seen about kids over the past four to nine weeks, depending on how they, long you've been in school. Right. And all the positive things. Don't say, well, you know, Courtney doesn't know her A, Bs and Cs yet, but she knows her Ds and Fs. It's <laughs> like, well, I don't care what she doesn't know. Tell me all the good, yeah. good, the good things. And then it's our job as educators to help them with the things they don't know, right? Right. But why don't we give some positive feedback to parents in this awful time when they're home 24 seven with all of their children trying to do learning. Yeah. I, I mean, make it positive for once. To <laughs> Here we go, Matt say, <laughs> I don't have to have grades anyway. Agreed. Um, Agreed. You know, yeah, but like, a, like a related kind of thing, just like the idea of reporting, yes, is really kind of blowing people's minds right now yeah like just as simple as attendance like, <laughs> i can't tell you how many times that comes up in conversation yeah, I, ha I'm I have i'm sure like well how does how do we do attendance right well who cares about attendance are they showing you what they're that they're learning and doing what they're supposed to be able to learn and do then why does it matter if they log in every day right like yeah it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't yeah. matter so I, I always think back to when those kids missed school, like in, 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 you know, the before times when they were sick at mm -hmm. school, uh, sometimes they just weren't feeling good, but by like, coincidentally, like eight ten in the morning, they were fine at home. I'm sure some yeah. of those kids were like learning things that they brought, yeah. maybe it wasn't like schoolwork, but they were learning that they brought it into the class the next day and, you know, use some of those. Absolutely. You're always learning. So just right. because we can't track it in a classroom like we always used to, who cares? And this really focuses that it's about the yeah. learning. It's not about the attendance. And however you do attendance, right. whether it's logging in or being on screen four hours a day yeah. at specific times, all those matter. things that yeah. you're just fighting a tide that doesn't work. It's dumb. It doesn't work. Stop doing yeah. that, everybody. And people know it's dumb. I know. That's the thing. That's the <laughs> thing. They know it's dumb. Nobody knows that it's good. So why are they still doing it? Yeah. So I think this, I, th I think you're right. Getting back to the, to the beginning when he talked about, this is the time now that we've done this for real this fall, rather than the emergency that we did last spring, we're doing it for real now. So we're, yeah. we're understanding the limitations of what it looks like these days. And now is the opportunity to really right. make those actual changes when it's things as basic as attendance and reporting, knowing those have to be different kind of yeah. leads directly to, well, why can't something else be different? Why can't those high school, high school kids have jobs during the day? Right. You know, we, we called them internships before and we exactly. let them, we let them leave school. 
Yep. But now that they're doing it on their own, it's like, oh my God, we don't have to control anymore. Well, that's what it is. It's control. Yeah. <laughs> it's always about control. I know. It's the control. Uh, anyway. All right. So yes. I want to read a quote from, from the article by Kelly Young. Excellent. So, um, so this moment is calling for us to transform the role of teachers into facilitators, advisors, and mentors who enable young people to navigate a rich menu of learning experiences, make sense of their learning, and build safe and loving home bases where youth can explore and contribute to the world and support one another. I think that says it right there. Like, so the picture yeah. I get from there is, um, so every learner has, let's call it the homeroom teacher. Let's stick with kind of that traditional structure we've always had or call mm -hmm. it the advisor. Either way, same thing. That's the person that the student checks in with on a regular basis, doesn't have to be every day, about how's it going? What kinds of things have you engaged in this week? What have you learned? Let's compare this to some of the targets or the outcomes or the standards that we have. What evidence do you have that you can prove this? And then come reporting time, you hop on a 15 minute Zoom with the, the learner and the and a parent or a guardian and that, there's no more paper report and that's the report. You have a conversation about how it's, how it's going and then set some goals. Flipping, I think part of the innovation here, part of the flip is stopping thinking about one teacher disseminating or one teacher interacting with a large group of students at one time and thinking more about one teacher interacting with one learner multiple times or one teacher interacting with three or four learners together multiple times, right? Kind of like take that flipped idea, any kind of lecture or lesson that can be recorded. That is not what you use the distance learning time for, right? The, the synchronous distance learning time for. Synchronous distance learning time is for building relationships, is for checking in, is for help, individual help. It is for small group help. I love that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to retire now. Okay. Yeah, you've you've already come up with a, a new <laughs> saying of uh, whatever that was at the beginning, which comes oh zone, <laughs> zone of zone of capacity zone. Capacity. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Between that and those ideas right here, I think you have solved it. Uh, we will link to this article in the show notes, and we'll put it yeah. into all our social media as soon as we get that person. Uh, we'll kick in the butt to do something, yeah. <laughs> Courtney. <clears throat> so what? Uh, yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> With that, uh, contact us on, on Twitter or Facebook at PLearnMC or right on our website at PLearnMC.com and uh, let us know what you think. And we'll be back next week uh, with something else in the world of personalized learning. Bye. It doesn't matter what we're doing.